most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is our all-new night shift episode where every Friday, myself, Chris Raybon, uh, and Sean Kerner will speak to everybody out there clocking those late-night DFS hours. We're going to break down the Sunday night DFS slate and the Monday night DFS slate. So, Sean, what you think, man? New episode, new format. Love it. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about, you know, backup, fullback, and tight ends and whatever we can come up with. But, yeah. Let's get into – we'll get we'll jump into the, the Sunday night slate first. Uh, but if you heard – Sean and I talking projections this week on the Action Network pod. Uh, Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Uh, And if you haven't yet, be sure to check that out uh, over on the Action Network podcast channel. All right, let's jump into this Tampa Bay-Dallas game. The total is around 51. Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half on the road. Who do you like in the captain spot? for this game? Uh, so I think, you know, CeeDee Lamb is probably the best bet. Um, you know, when the Cowboys drafted him in the first round in 2020, uh, this is the exact game I was looking forward to. Um, he's entering year three, uh, and this will be the first time he's playing without either Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup. Um, obviously, Gallup should be able to return, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, the CD Lamb is going to begin his career year uh, starting this week, uh, he's only 23 years old. He's entering year three. He's entering his prime. Um, so love him in the captain slot. I think he's probably going to be pretty chalky there, but I think the sneaky captain play is Leonard Fournette. I like him there because he can thrive really in any game script, whether the Bucks are winning or trailing. So you can make a lot of unique lineups with your flex slot with that in mind. You know, you can make some game script uh, lineups for, you know, the Bucks. Winning by a lot or losing by a lot, everything works with Leonard Fournette. So I like his versatility in the captain slot. Plus, they should use him a ton here. You know, the Bucks. we could talk about it in a bit, but they have a ton of offensive line issues heading into this game. So they might lean on Lenny, you know, with direct carries or even dump-offs a bit more in this matchup. So love Leonard Fournette in the captain slot. I think Leonard Fournette is going to see a big workload in this game. I mean, Dallas has some O-line issues too. They lost Tyron Smith, you know, those wits with and without him are always pretty stark. So I think it's going to be a a game where you could actually go off just even the main studs. Like when these two teams played last year, you had 200-yard receivers for Dallas, 200-yard receivers for Tampa Bay, another 90-yard receiver. You know, it was there was a lot going on there. So uh, I, I like Julio and Russell Gage or Godwin if he shoots up because – I looked at the uh, box score from, you know, the last matchup and Tom Brady targeted doubt, like non Trayvon Diggs corners uh, mm. a ton. He targeted Anthony Brown 10 times and he targeted uh, Jordan Lewis nine times. So those guys are going to be running uh, matched up with likely Julio and Gage. 
Uh, if Godwin's back, I think Godwin will probably get that swap matchup with Lewis. But uh, I want those guys that because Mike Evans is probably going to see a ton of digs, mm-hmm. and especially with the like you said the O line issues, how much is Brady really going to stand in there? And this might not be a big Mike Evans game unless they can kind of move him around and get him off him. But uh, I could see one of these sneaky guys, like one of the, the third or fourth receivers on the Bucks, come up big here. And I, you know, Brady even said it. He was like, you know, we're going to replace Gronk's production and uh, with the wide receivers. So I could see them using. Uh, Julio engaged quite a bit and I could see Brady target him like eight, nine, 10 times and they could clear yeah. the hundred yard, get the three point bonus. So uh, this is a game where I'm not even going with just the studs. Like I want those kind of middle tier guys so I could fit the max amount of like middle tier guys in, in my lineup. Cause that's what you needed last time uh, as well. Yeah. A Godwin looks like he missed practice today. So he's definitely looking shaky uh, to suit up and obviously gauge is dealing with his injury so this and this will be the healthiest julio jones is all yeah. season right so uh i don't mind him at all uh he looked really he looked sharp in priests not gonna lie i didn't know he was number 85 uh when he caught that one pass from brady i was like who the hell he looks pretty good i was like oh it's julio jones he's 85 though but um he looks spry so yeah i, I kind of like the julio call him the captain slot as well all right what about some cheap guys, some dark throws. Uh, so yeah. I think uh, Cam Brate is, is sneaky just due to the uncertainty with the Bucks wide receivers. Um, you know, Brate might be sneaky. Um, I think, you know, w- when it comes to, uh, you know, Tom Brady probably seeing a bit more pressure in this game. You know, he's Ellie Marpet retired. Ryan Jensen's on the IR. Uh, Marpet's backup. Uh, Aaron Stiney, uh is on the air. And then Tristan Wirfs. Uh, is now banged up with uh, oblique injury. So, um, you know, Brady might see a bit more pressure here. And last season, when Brady was under pressure, he targeted Cambrai a lot more. Um, Brady's target share jumped from 7% to 11% when Brady was under pressure. So I I love Brady here. I think he's sneaky. Um, And then Noah Brown. I think uh, Noah Brown was made for showdown slates. Um, It's sort of up in the air how Dallas is going to handle snaps outside of CeeDee Lamb when it comes to the wide receivers. Uh, Jalen Tolbert is a guy that we've talked about. He was expected to be, you know, the wide receiver too when Michael Gallup was out to begin the season, but he's been a bit shaky um, in camp and in preseason. So it could be Noah Brown who actually steps up. I mean, he's been in the offense the past couple seasons. Um, he would typically run a route like 20% of the time, even when everybody is healthy, um, sort of in an annoying way. But I think Brown could easily run around over 60% of the dropbacks here. Um, and I definitely like him for the showdown site. Yeah, Noah Brown is I, – I would expect him to – he could potentially start. Yeah, he yeah. could be the number two wide receiver because, like you said, Tolbert has kind of been shaky. I mean, maybe he breaks out. Uh, I still think he's got some talent, but uh, from everything it sounds like, you know, a lot of these other guys uh, are making noise or, or not making noise, but just being a little bit more reliable. Simi Fihoko, Noah Brown. So I, I don't – I think it is going to be kind of a committee there, but – uh, from what I'm hearing out of camp for this Dallas team, they think that they're, and they have, you know, it was true. Their offense was more efficient last year, early in the year when they had Blake Jarwin and they were running those two tight end sets with Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin. And so I think they go back to that in this game. So I actually like Jake Ferguson, uh, the rookie tight end. He's been playing really well in preseason and i think he's a guy who's he's going to be super low owned because everyone's going to try to figure out which cowboy receiver but uh jake ferguson out of wisconsin little six five two fifty you know tight end can catch the ball though 
uh, a little bit. And uh, I think he's a decent bet for a long shot touchdown. Yeah. And uh, I think you're going to see him on the field like a good 35, 40% of the routes, just like Blake Jarwin, uh, because they really, they really have been talking about switching to that offense. And like they were more efficient on a per play basis uh, before Jarwin went down. And then when they kind of switched to that, you know, had like three, four wide offense, you know, it, they had some big games, but overall it was more up and down. So uh, now they really have no choice. So I think, I think Ferguson is a really sneaky guy. Yeah. I love the backup tight end call uh, to kick off Got the to. season. Yeah. I mean, like you said, all he needs is one catch for five yards and a touchdown uh, and he, he'd break the slate. So um, yeah, if he's running, if you think he's around 35% of the routes, sign me up for that. Yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, that's kind of, I think Jaron was at like 37 and uh, you know, they, they really like him. So I, I think yeah. he's out there a, a good amount. Uh, I also like the defenses in this game because, as you mentioned, Bucks O-line issues, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you get some interior pressure. And on the other side, you know, no Tyron Smith for Dallas. That's always an issue. Both of these teams can get pressure at a high rate. Uh, and both of these teams were top five last year in turnovers. Now, we know turnovers are high variance from one year to the next, but these are still two talented defenses. You got a lot of guys that are going to be flying around. Uh, they're mostly healthy. So I think you could see – uh, some some real chaos here and for a dart throw usually you're not going to play the defenses or the kickers obviously uh, because they just don't have enough upside but I think we could see a defensive touchdown uh, and a ton of sacks from one or both of these defenses yeah do you like the under on this game yeah I'm, I think that's yeah. where I'm going I'll have a, a a write-up on actionnetwork.com but I just feel like you know the O-line issues and, you know, it's, it's kind of just yeah. marquee game. So the total's still pretty high, but, and right. they run I know they go at a fast pace, but Stucky and I talked about it on the Action Network pod. Uh, Dallas has about three, each team has like 300 yards missing from the box score <laughs> from uh, receiving from last matchup in week one, because you have no Cedric Wilson, you have no Gallup, you have no Cooper. And then AB went off, Gronk went off. Uh, yeah. Godwin went off and he might not be none of those guys might be in the lineup uh, so yeah I, I yeah. probably will be on the under now on the sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players you probably already have a fantasy league on there I use it for mine it's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry and now you can win on sleeper by playing their new over under game it's super simple First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with over-under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. 
All right, Denver, Seattle, six and a half is the spread. Totals around 42 and a half, 43. Of course, we got the Russell Wilson revenge spot here. Uh, who do you like in a captain spot for this one? So I think uh, a lot of people gravitate towards Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, and the captain saw right, rightfully so. Like you said, this is a revenge game. I think Sutton will be his top target uh, this season. But I like DK Metcalf uh, in the captain slot. Uh, people are down on him this year with Juno Smith under center, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, but he was, you know, the wide receiver eight, week six through eight, when Juno Smith filled in for Russell Wilson last year. You, you know, Metcalf, he obviously has the talent to break the slate. Plus, you know, this matchup uh, could be for him. Um, Broncos played man coverage at the highest rate last year. DK, um, you know, averaged 3.3 yards per route run against man last year, which ranked eighth out of 105. Um, now, new defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. uh, Ajero Averro, might not, you know, use man coverage as much. He's coming from the Rams, might use a bit more zone. But either way, uh, this could be a sneaky spot for Metcalf, who, again, you know, he has downfield uh ability and you know in you know he's an end zone target so um it'll only take a few big catches for him to really break the slate so i just like using him at the captain slide i think he's his uh, roster ship's going to be a bit too low here it's going to be really interesting i can't call it like how the uh it's going to shake out in terms of the percentages yeah but i still do like Sutton. i just think uh you know russell wilson you know i read this story on espn where they kind of went into you know how Pete Carroll essentially took the ball out of his hands and said, you know, we, we got to run it more. And that's obviously been happening his whole career. So going to Seattle in week one, I just think he's going to throw the football around. So give me some Sutton, give me some Jer- Jerry Judy as well. Because yeah. when you look at this Seattle defense and you say, okay, like where are the weaknesses? I I, I think it's up the middle, you know, they, they have linebackers that can't really cover uh, well. And then, Adams, you know, he's going to be do more like close to the line of scrimmage. But if you have to put him in coverage, he's going to struggle as well. So I, I think that, you know, Jerry Judy is a guy who could kind of run routes from the inside, still get to the intermediate area of the field. So I think he'll I think both of the Bronco receivers uh, will have yeah. a good game. So like them. And one other guy option is Tyler Lockett, because. I feel like he's going to be the forgotten guy, actually. Like, I think people are <laughs> yeah. going to go Metcalf. I think people are going to want to stack both Bronco receivers as I do as well, but Tyler Lockett still a very talented guy. And, you know, just because he hasn't had like that splash game uh, with Gino necessarily, uh, I still think he's, he's right there and he's going to run routes pretty much at the same rate as Metcalf. So I think he'll be the lowest rostered of all four of those top receivers. So uh, he's probably actually the best bet just from a game theory perspective. Yeah, love the locket call. Just to be clear, I, I love Sutton. He's my wide receiver 15 right now. Um, and Metcalf is only wide receiver 28, but I think their ceilings are similar. So yeah, when it just comes to the captain slot, trying to get a little bit contrarian to to have some, you know, leverage over the field. But um I, I do like the locket call. Again, you know, Metcalf and Lockie both have sneaky ceilings. Yeah. I mean, if Metcalf and Lockett both go off, then you just gonna need Geno Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> But probably, probably won't happen. Right. You know what was interesting too, though? I feel like this is, this could be another, like, what if Rashad Penny just picks up where he left off? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I don't think that's yeah, his course. No. He's not getting as much hype as he was, you know, now it's like, oh, what's going on with Walker? Like, I feel like it's kind of quiet for, for Penny compared to where it was at the end of last season. 
Well, yeah, I mean, Walker's expected to miss now. So um, Penny should dominate the early down work. Um, he's not used as much in the passing game. Um, that's a yeah. you know, sneak peek to my cheat code here. But yeah, no, Penny is definitely a viable option. I don't know about the captain slot, but you know, certainly he has the upside. All it takes is one long run for him, and he's the home run hitter kind of guy. So yeah, I, I could certainly get behind Penny there. Uh, who do you like for your dart throw? Your so, yeah, so my dart throw for the Seahawks is Travis Homer, baby. I mean, like I said, it sounds like uh, Kenneth Walker is going to be inactive. He's still coming back from his hernia injury. Um, and Penny's going to dominate the early down work. But it'll probably be Travis Homer um, handling, you know, third down duties, even the two-minute offense. So I think he has a ton of upside in the spot where the Seahawks should be in a trailing game script. Um, so I would not be shocked if Homer ends up with, you know, four plus receptions and on a slate like this, like that's, that's enough in the flex slot. So love Homer. And then on the, the Broncos side, it's gotta be uh Montreal Washington. You know, he's competing with KJ Hamler for the number three role uh, wide receiver role after Tim Patrick's season ending injury um, and Hamler himself, he's dealing with a knee injury right now. He might be at less than a hundred percent even if he does suit up. So I could see Washington getting a decent amount of work here. Like, I don't know, 40% routes run. Plus, he's also the team's main kick and punt returner. So nice, like some Washington uh, Broncos defense, you know, stacks there for the the double dip on a potential uh, touchdown. Yeah, I love me some Montreal Washington. I am apparently 68 spots higher than consensus on him in, the, in our season Good long range. Oh, season long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So season long. Like I have him like 99. <laughs> Uh, and he's consensus 160, wide well, receiver 166. Oh, so, wow. I'm definitely closer to you, right? Uh, he's got to be like, uh, if I had to guess, like 120 or something. Yeah, I mean, it, dep- it just depends. Yeah. I got him, I think I got him for like maybe 40% of the season long, you know, routes yeah. or something like that. Either way, he's uh, not a main slate kind of guy. He's no. kind of perfect for a showdown yeah. though, right? Oh, yeah. I love I love me some mantra. I think that's a great call. Guy who has some speed, like you said, kick punt returner so you can stack him with the defense if you want to go that way you know this is a bad it could be a bad seattle offense quarterbacked by geno smith so <laughs> i think there's a lot of uh options when with montrell so yeah he's one of my favorite players i think that's a, a great nice. call i can't believe you didn't go with dj dallas for seattle well, i mean i can't take travis homer and dj dallas right yeah, but I mean that that was our boy. You set the prop for him in our action network. Uh Travis Homer is is more my boy. When um I, I just consider DJ more of Penny's backup, no? I mean he is, but he can also catch the ball. So yeah. Like he's a I actually I would take like if if you wanted to bet uh, of course I who do. has more what do you want to do? Total yards, touches? I don't know how you want to do this. Um, but... Receiving yards. It sounds like we're talking about receiving yards. Let's just well, go. No, with... but I can't. I, I want like all, I want total usage though. I, I feel like we need rush plus receiving because I'm just saying I think he gets more total usage in this game. Yeah, I, I think DJ would outrush Homer. Yeah, I'll give you that. But yeah, but it could. You're saying it could be even like Homer could out catch him. So I'm... I feel like total yards is a decent. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Screw it. Screw it. I'll, I'll take you up. Um, I, the reason I like Homer is because of his receiving upside, yeah. but sure. I'll, I'll take you head to head on total yards. If, if you want to do that. I mean, I, I, I like Dallas in this game. I just think he's had a, a good preseason and you know, Pete Carroll loves these running backs, you know, Dallas was looking good. Uh, so I think if they feel like, okay, maybe we don't want to run Penny into the ground, that Walker role, mm-hmm. maybe DJ Dallas gets, you know, eight to 10 carries in this game. 
Yeah, no, I, yeah, I could, I could totally see that because yeah, they they can't give Penny more than what fifteen uh, carries on opening day to to just try to keep him fresh all season, right? Like, well, I mean, I mean they got Walker in the waiting in the wings, so maybe they just run him uh, into the ground. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. Uh, how many uh, projected touches do you have for Penny? Yeah, I'm at Walker? fourteen. I actually, I'm gonna bump him up a little though. Um, yeah, I think I need, I, I think I want to get him to like 15.5 in this game, you know, looking at what Pete Carroll did with him and that coaching staff, you know, 20 plus carries the last two games of the season after he was in the teens in the three before that. So when he started his little streak, he went 16 for 137, then he went 11 for 39, 17 for 135. And then the last two games of the year, 25 and 23. So yep. I think. <laughs> They might just pick up where they left off. So, yeah, he's, he's kind of sneaky, man. Yeah, he, sneaky. he was the number one back at the end of last season. Number one. Oh, and one more guy, Alberto, if he's oh, yeah, yeah. too. Got to gotta mention Alberto. Uh, good. I thought you were going to say Nick Bellore or something. But, yeah, Albert. Oh, <laughs> he's Albert, a linebacker oh. now. I don't even think he's still a fullback anymore. Maybe maybe they <laughs> – like... Yeah, but you know I love me some Alberto. Uh, what do you mean can... if he suits up? Is he not – uh, I, I don't know. He's like banged up. Like I, I just never. I don't trust anybody on this Broncos team because I feel like they all get hurt. And we're recording this on yeah. Thursday, you know. So there's like another whole day of practice where you know things can happen or guys could get rebanged up. So I always feel like they drop bomb on us. Like oh, the KJ Hamler, he's, he's not good anymore yeah. or something. Like yeah. So. But uh, yeah, it, he should be playing and he should be playing a lot. So uh, his his target per route run rate. Uh, is up in the mid twenties for his career, and that is exceptional for a tight end. So uh, if he's on the field, you know I know it's a new quarterback, so you never know. But there's a good, very good chance that uh, he sees some action. So uh, love me some Albert Okuwebunam. Yeah, and with Greg Dulcich on the IR, I mean Albert O could top eighty percent routes run rate easily with Eric Tomlinson, and Eric Saubert backing him up. Yeah. So, oh, we do uh, got a fullback in this game, Andrew Beck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost we forgot about a good old him, Andrew Beck. <laughs> we are not touching him. <laughs> hey, he could get that little play action. <laughs> I always, that's what I'm always if waiting any, for. That little play action tr- one yard touchdown. <laughs> but I think the troll in this game will be Mike Boone. Apparently, he's <laughs> uh, carving out an early season role. What to my Javante? No, no, you didn't see that report. You didn't see that report. Yeah, that I did. Melvin Gordon's going to be eating in the Javante's role more than we thought, and now Mike Boone might get you know handful of carries. Uh, it's just unleash Javante, please. I feel like they're gonna. It didn't even Melvin Gordon say they were like they were yeah. gonna unleash Javante. I feel yeah. like we always get one of these reports just because like it's like quickbait at this point. It's exactly. like oh, and and who? It, there's no way that you could take these like reports seriously when it's just like oh, any type of coach project any type of touches. Like the only thing is like when a guy when like they're actually splitting reps. But so right. coaches will be like oh yeah, I want to get both of these guys twenty touches. It's like. You even know how many touches are in a game, bro? Like, so, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I, I think we see, I think we see Javante. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for the night shift. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We talked Bucks, Cowboys. We talked Broncos, Seahawks. If you want to hear more of us talking player projections, our player projections episode is up on the Action Network podcast channel. We also have our DFS episode for the main slate up on this channel. So be sure to check those out. And if you're into betting, 
Be sure to check out Convince Me on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Action Network HQ Twitter handle. And uh, you can find Sean at the underscore oddsmaker on Twitter. You can find me at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles in the Action Network app, which is award-winning, by the way. And I know we talked about a lot of different player projections here. So if you're looking for our up-to-date, up-to-the-minute player projections, be sure to check out Action Network. You can find both of our player projections for each week of the season there. Uh, Until next time, get this money.